When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I'm joined once again uh, with Luce Cannon. Luce, how are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. That's a good pleasantry. Anything, Who else do we have? Anything else going on today? Yeah, let's just move on. I'm done with the pleasantries. Okay. Uh, also with us is Joey from uh, Rock Strikes 10. Joey, we are bringing you back for part two of the Chris, Chris Gaines extravaganza <laughs> featuring Megadeth. Mega gains. Mega gains. <laughs> More like mega losses, but thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you obviously did a, a decent job on the first episode, so we decided to bring you back, unlike unlike Dave Mustaine, who would fire you halfway through the first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave Mustaine needs a podcast. What would it be called? I think he was the original Donald Trump. He was just, he was just doing the, you're fired over and over again. That's probably why you voted for him. What do you say? <laughs> I he definitely voted for money. I, I will tell you this though, the uh, just as far as that goes, he's always. What's interesting about Dave, and we'll go on this later, is the fact that he's always angry about whoever's in power. Because during the during yeah. the uh, during the two thousands, he was angry about Bush. Do you guys moves. remember seeing him? Uh, uh, he actually covered uh, the Democratic National Convention or the Republican yep. one for MTV the, News as a correspondent and. Yeah, it, it was hilarious true. because basically everybody just blew him off. He'd, yeah, he'd, yeah. You know, he's Dave Mustaine with a um, MTV microphone walking up to people, and they're like, "Yeah, or, you know, whatever." It's like, yeah, he was at the DNC. He got he had his limmy stash and his, what year? Uh, what year? Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Yeah, ninety-two. Yeah. Yeah, ninety-two. That was election year. And he had a mustache. He had his limmy mustache. It's in the uh, foreclosure of a dream video. And his uh, blue, his blue grunge, uh, uh, what, what, what do you fucking hell? Uh, what are those fucking flannel? shirts called? Flannel. Flannel, yeah, his, his, his blue flannel shirt. And yeah, he was wondering why no one talked to him. It's sleeveless, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. But yeah, it was weird. I, I, I've all often called Dave Mustaine the, the Dennis Miller of heavy metal. Like at one point, I would have followed him into the sun, uh, theoretically, politically. Uh, professionally but uh sometime after about 2000 i'm like uh something happened here and i don't think it's me i think it no, it's just the him. fact that it's just the fact that he's crazy and crazy 
degrees. Gen- genius in yeah. parts. He's all the place. I, I don't, think I don't it... agree with his politics. I don't agree with his politics, but his politics is all over the fucking board, so I can't even really believe right. what he's saying. I don't think it's a coincidence that he that he also found Jesus at some point. It just Exactly. Uh, at the same him. time, he found a Republican card, for right. sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm surprised that Wasp and him are not, you know, touring together and uh, <laughs> on the, the uh, Mega Meat tour. They're big in Japan. <laughs> Mega Meat. Mega Meat. <laughs> We gave up the meat. (laughs) What am I doing with my life? (laughs) I mean, I wonder if it was for Dave Mustaine, where all of a sudden he says, I I did think it was very odd that all of a sudden. It had a lot to do with getting clean. I I know. know. You trade one addiction for another. I mean, just ask his godfather, Alice Cooper. At least Alice only traded for golf. Yeah, right. But, but 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 Dave traded for uh, rolled up sleeve white t shirts on stage for like a decade. Like that's all he would wear. Uh, and his, yeah, rationale, his rationale is like everybody wears black. We're gonna I'm gonna wear white. You know, like, I'm, that like, was a, it. I'm like a I'm like a red haired stepchild angel in this shit. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, we haven't even started the episode. We're we're gonna get, get this back on track. Joey, what album is next? Your favorite album, 1992, the landmark album. Countdown to Extinction. You have the floor. Well, I mentioned on the previous part that I think that Rust was definitely an answer to Injustice for All. Like, we can do intricate songs better than you can, and the songs will be better. I think the idea, obviously, was they were chasing the Black Album like a lot of bands were. But obviously, the spotlight was going to be on more like, what's Megadeth going to do this time? And you kind of knew they were going to go for that sellout record, for lack of a better term. I, For me, creatively... And just personally, at the time, I, I liked the album, but it's fallen off a lot for me over the years. And I think I probably just forced myself to like it. It's one of those ones where you go back and listen to it years later. I'm like, man, there are some bad songs in here. It is my second least favorite Megadeth album of all time. I think it's very top heavy. I would give it to I'd give it to the first two songs. Uh, you know, Skin of My Teeth, Symphony of Destruction. Loved Sweating Bullets when I first heard it. It was my favorite song on the record. But oh. man, that is a case where radio Hello, can me. ruin a song. Hello, uh, me. I'm me again. Yeah, man, loved it when it came out. I thought, I thought that was, it, it was different for them, but it was still really good. And it was actually the one that it's, it's. It was it was just different, you know, and it, everything else seemed like they were definitely going for radio. And the only time I think it works is Skin of My Teeth, To A Point, Symphony of Destruction, uh, Sweating Bullets, and Ashes in Your Mouth. I think Ashes in Your Mouth is the only song, song on this album. I like that. I do like only that song. song on this album that could have been on Rust in Peace. Okay. Everything else is a sad, distant memory from Rust in Peace, honestly. that That's how I feel. I'll, I'll go back for a second, and that is... Uh... Uh, to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, because I thought this was a very interesting um, – I'm not excellent. I'm sorry. Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey, because I thought this is an interesting story in the book that that completely cleared up a lot of like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. in this album. And that was the fact that the original title for um, Bill and Ted, fun fact, was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yeah. And he put out the song Go to Hell, which has the same bridge of the, the um, when you lay me down to sleep, soul yeah. to keep thing that was on Enter Sandman. And he yeah. was – he was so pissed because he didn't know that. And that song came out first and he had recorded that song like earlier than that. Then it came out yep. like a month or two after the Black Album hit. And it just looked like he was ripping off Metallica. Yep. Isn't that yep. fast? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That, that is amazing. That? 
and they both were in the studio at the same time pretty much doing that and like cuz yeah cuz that preceded the black album on on release day
uh, Enter Salmon before I heard Goes to Hell. And Same I thought here. Goes to Hell was was a, uh, a ripoff for that. I was like, how can <laughs> these two bands have this refrain? In it's ridiculous, right? That, yeah, no one didn't think that. That's the thing. And okay, that right. obviously kept this song. I mean, I think they were going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll put this on the next album, too. We'll just go ahead and use it. And I'm sure that would have been the case. And that's the sole reason why they kept it off for sure. Anyway, back to back to your uh, most hated, uh, second most hated album. Um, Baco, do you want to jump in here? Yeah, I mean, my my Nick Menza fun fact is that this is also from Mustaine's book, and he talked about how like the certain things about band success that starts uh, breaking in and becoming part of your day to day life that kind of sucks is that he referred to Nick Menza. Uh, Something along the lines of calling him a song title mooch just to get songwriting credits. And, like, <laughs> I think it was Countdown to Extinction where, you know, he's like, we're, we're, we just haven't officially named it, but it's clearly going to be called Countdown to Extinction. And, and Nick Menza just kind of would, like, hey, we should call this Countdown to Extinction and just to get <laughs> songwriting credits. I think it's a bad box. No, that may be a little, he may be, like, making it really dumb uh, you know, to, uh, in, in storytelling, but I guarantee that kind of garbage happens once a band has some success where you almost have people like just trying to clamor onto anything to get some kind of point on the on the publishing or something. I, I found it because I'm always uh, amused by by the or track listing and, and similar titles. Like the fact that architecture of a dra- of aggression follows Countdown Extinction is hilarious to me. <laughs> it's almost sounds Symphony like the same title. Symphony of Destruction. Yeah. Another I like the song Captive Honor, I'll say that, but I agree with Joy. Oh, the- that's the one Ooh. I really like. For the most part, uh, I agree with. I, I would rank it higher than Joey does, but uh, it hasn't aged well for me either. This would have been in the top two or three of my Megadeth collection when it came out, and it has steadily slipped since. 
Yeah, I never did it for for me right out the box. And and the the thing is, is that I've never been a fan of count the the, the title track. Like I, I thought yeah. this is a really dumbed down version of Enter Salmon, and it actually sounds dumb if you if you listen to it. Like it's dun on dun 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 dun. You keep confusing like Countdown to Extinction <laughs> with Symphony of Destruction. Oh that's, God damn it! That's, that's the second time you've done it. Dun on dun dun on dun dun on dun. this album to be great for the sole reason that I always took Megadeth's side in the Megadeth versus Metallica debate all through school. Uh, I just, I wanted them to do better. I wanted them to sell more records. It never happened, but I wanted this album to be great. It's not even close to, uh, it's not even close to the Black album as far as like a good record top to bottom. Oh no, I mean, the the fact that they they took the, uh, the old man from the Unforgiven video, and they put him on the cover. <laughs> yeah, they totally did. That's got to be the same guy. Yeah, that's kind of a '90s thing in general, though. Black and white old man. Oh, yeah, man. but think about that. I mean, that guy was a, that was like a banner like year for him. He got two pretty sweet gifts. <laughs> that's, that's Chris Gaines. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chris Gaines. That's yeah. Chris Gaines after a, after a, some anorexia. That's why he wore the wig. <laughs> It's it's the preacher from Poltergeist too. Yes. Oh, that too. No, that's the guy in Among the Living. Never mind. No, it's the same guy. My most hated video is the Unforgiven video. I fucking detested that. Like, what am I watching? This old man trying to get trying to climb a wall. Have you not seen the 15 minute version of it or whatever the fuck? I mean, there is a long ass version of that video with like no talking, (sighs) all that black and white footage. No. Oh yeah. You should you should do that sometime. <laughs> All right. So good. with with uh, with us pretty much trashing the entire album, this is definitely one of my least favorites too. Um, no song, no song. But yeah, that is like a real big. It's like it's like you, you use the black album template and they just failed on that one. But yeah. but yet it was All the, the biggest, bands were doing it at the same time. Testament came yeah, out with that Yeah, but it sold really well. And, that's gotta, yeah, that's got to be yeah, the biggest is, selling album. Isn't right? this this is their biggest, right? Sure. It's their best selling record. Yes, yeah. sadly. Yeah, suck it, Joey.
All right, next up, we are now up to 1994. Anybody uh, fired? Same lineup, is that correct? I'm keeping score. Same yes. lineup. Mustaine Same producer, Elton. too, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely just like the Friday the 13th movies, the kills get a lot higher as we go along the series. But right now, until we get to the later part of this decade, the, the, people are pretty safe. And um, But we're going into that. The thing I love about the next album is it, it you know, there are a lot of things I'm looking for Megadeth, and what I was really looking for was something that that referenced um, World War II in the title, and also had babies hung up on on uh, on clotheslines with an old lady. Yeah, I, bought, I bought the expanded the... Uh, T-shirt pack just so I could wear a T-shirt with the babies on the clothesline. <laughs> yeah, nice, that's a fan. Did you seriously have that? Uh, they did. Yeah, they sold the pack. I remember I could get it, um, but I, I got the, just a CD. So. I didn't know they did that all the way back then. Like I've I've done that over the last few years. I didn't know they were doing it all the way back in '94. Yeah, that's it was awesome. A weird little box, what, yeah. What, what and that's that's the that's the wife from uh that's the wife from the guy on the last cover, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they totally oh banged. This is this is actually a whole series. Like there is, I think the old man used to be in war, and so for so good, so what? Then he was he was captured by aliens in uh, Russ and Peace. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, and then this is this is the backstory. This is the backstory of his youth when he was hung up as a maybe it was his mom. <laughs> yeah. Is it okay if I take the lead on this one as far as commenting? <laughs> please, it, please take it from me. I'm going nowhere. Oh, because uh, Joey, this is my number two worst record by them. I was Ooh. so disappointed by this record. This, if Countdown was kind of them copying the Black Album, this was them trying to like repeat that. And I, I Atut Lamont to me is the only saving grace from here. Honestly, Oof. a train of consequences. Oof. I was like, God, this is just garbage. I just, I, I went back and listened to it again to see if I could get a little bit better with it. But I'm sorry, man. This is a, uh, uh, I don't want to say too much more because I don't. This is not a common opinion. I I have been shredded on this quite a bit in my. Uh, my uh, my long and, and lengthy life. Uh, euthanasia for Megadeth, 1994. Thumbs down. Yeah, the, but I'll go into the, like just the fact that I don't like Russ and Peace is, is goofy as much as the rest of the world. And uh, Peace sells. I prefer So Far So Good over Peace sells. I get it. This album, um, I, I will say that uh, the one thing that I don't like about it is on the CD. They have them all jumping up and down, playing air guitar, looking really happy. <laughs> that that was the oddest thing to see when I opened like up trickster. the trickster. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. was. I was like, Megadeth. You, first off, you never Megadeth never smiles, and all four of them they don't even have instruments. Do they have instruments in their hand, or are they just play no, air guitar? Hey, two records ago, they didn't even have shirts. Now they're jumping up and <laughs> oh, down. That's right. They couldn't afford shirts. That is really weird. That hanger yeah, puffy shirts. Yeah. Didn't somebody decide to wear a shirt, and all three of them, all three didn't? <laughs> or who was wearing a shirt? Right, Menza. <laughs> yeah, it's always the drummer. <laughs> well, you guys like, aren't like, wearing shirts. What the hell? Yeah, come on, man. We got our five hundred ones. Let's do an alien video. I, I thought we told you. <laughs> you know you didn't tell me, Dave. <laughs> you didn't tell me not to wear a shirt. I got a shirt on. What am I gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, what, you do what could you possibly do? Um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this this one, enjoy. you can take on, I, I, I will go the opposite of what you're saying, Baco, is I love um, Train of Consequences. That riff, I love that that whole, like, what do you call it, muted strings? 
Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big I'm a big time production nerd. I think this is one of the best sounding slash produced like especially hard rock and metal albums like of all time. So even if the lyrics are kind of eh, like just the sound of it, great album for the car, great album for the headphones. There's there's just the right amount of bass in it. Everything's mixed properly. Uh, just the cr- when it when it, it crunches when it has to. Even the mid tempo stuff sounds heavier because the production on it's so good. I, I think songs like Addicted to Chaos, Reckoning Day, Train of Consequences. I mean, yeah, it is a little top heavy. Uh, but even like some of the like, you know, filler tracks and towards the end, like going for the melody, which is something they never did before, I think this is where they were able to take some sort of pop sensibility and actually pull it off. They failed on countdown in my opinion, but I think they actually perfected it on this album. I think the it's pop sensibility, yes, in a band like Megadeth, but they nail it and I love this record for that reason. Now was Max Norman the producer for all for this and the next three? I'd have to go dropped out after this, I think. I'm, uh... Yeah. Cryptic Writings was Max I know Max Norman was definitely on risk. No, that was Dan Huff that did. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Dan, Dan Huff Dan... might have been uh, uh, Cryptic Writings, Cryptic? too. Yeah. But this is one of the things. They built a studio specifically to record this album. Wasn't and that so, for Cryptic Writings? Uh, I they, they were building the studio during Euthanasia because they have this like whole home video that documents it and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess they just built a perfect studio because I've never heard. Uh, there's very few metal albums that sound this good. So I'm going to have to give it to all those guys all the way from uh, native tongue by poison. <laughs> that actually is a pretty decently mixed album. Oh, I will yeah, say. Here we go. <laughs> Still poison. I don't know. I think we should always use as a production uh, barometer, uh, native tongue <laughs> <laughs> better or worse than the production on native tongue. We use that as the, the equalizer. Uh, so, okay. yeah, but I think this is also the time when, um, I was, uh, in college, the this whole thing called the internet with uh, uh, AOL had come out, and this is not going in the direction of porn. AOL the, just uh, opened up in Canada. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> anyway, this year, uh, that they're getting CDs in the mail like all over the place. They've already but, in, they've already uh, gone through their net neutrality as of a few days ago. <laughs> neutrality? We don't even have a military. The. Um, <laughs> So going with this, uh, the, the, right about this time when I was in college, the, this whole thing on the internet was created, America Online, and then all of a sudden um, I, I heard, I think it was on the CD, or I saw some, they go like, Megadeth, we have our own website. It's called mm-hmm. Megadeth, Arizona. What the hell was that? Well, that's go a there fun and, fact. That's a fun fact. And I would go there, and there was nothing. There was nothing on it. It was like a page. Did you ever go on there, Joey? You ever been there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think like years after the fact, but uh, just just the fact that they were the first band to have a website, that's yeah. a fun, you know, so that, that's pretty neat. I mean... Suck on that, Lars. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're never no, going to be able to it, take it, it away from them. Michael, can you do an impression of Lars Ulrich reacting to the fact that Megadeth has a has a website first? Who's gonna, Go ahead. You know, it's going to be going on the website. It's like www. whatever. It's like, I'm going to have a computer. <laughs> What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> it's like Jay. <laughs> I figure out what the internet was when Napster happened. Yeah. That's, that's what he was like, there's an internet and somebody's stealing my songs? Uh, and, uh, that's Michael, a big day for him. Michael, can you do an impression of uh, Lars Ulrich re- uh, discovering Napster when he woke, woke up one morning? <laughs> Napster? I don't know what's going on. My songs are being 
Giving away? Nope. Here's a bus ticket, not a plane. Joey, why don't you pick a song off of Euthanasia? Uh, I, I always go with Addicted to Chaos.
So, Joy, this is a very interesting uh, time for Megadeth. So we'll, we've got two offshoots. Uh, why don't you hit the first one? Oh, uh, there's the Great Hidden Treasures EP, which, you know, if you were ranking this as a Megadeth album, I think it would rank pretty high. It would be like in the, the top half, you know, maybe about a fourth in on the overall catalog. Because, you know, for a while, their soundtrack songs were just hitting really well, in my opinion. I mean, it, they're at least fun at the very least. You know, I mean, we talked about Go to Hell earlier. I mean, Angry Again from Last Action Hero, great riff. Love that song. Uh, 99 Ways to Die is fun from the Beavis and Butt experience. I don't know if that was recorded, you know, during the countdown sessions, but that's another song that if they had, it should have definitely gone on the record. If I see the morning hours, I'll have one more yesterday. Uh, you know, the cover Paranoid from Nativity in Black. Uh, Diadems or Diadems. I never know if I'm saying it right, but that one from Demon Knight, that's a really cool song. That's that, that's a gem for sure. And then uh, their cover of the Sex Pistols Problems, their second Sex Pistols cover. And what should have been included on there was the song that got cut off of Kiss My Ass, uh, their cover of Strange Ways by Kiss. Do you like that cover or not, Baco? I haven't heard it. Wow. Okay, that's two of us. I figured for sure that he he's heard it. It's 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 oh, it's pretty decent. It's not as good as my brain built it up over the years because it literally took me like 15 years to hear it after the fact because it came out on that box that they did a few years ago. But it's not bad. And Marty nails the solo. So what's not to love? You know, really strange ways. Come on. Uh, 
mean, yeah, like a lot of people don't know this, but right between, you know, the euthanasia record and a year prior to cryptic writings, which we're about to talk about, uh, Dave kind of went off and did like this side project, which I don't know what the original intention was. I forget how he talked. He does talk about it briefly in the book, but he basically started a new band called MD 45 and he was just going to write the album and play guitar on it, all the lead and rhythm. And then he got in a couple of mechanics to, for the rhythm section, a guy named Kelly Lemieux, who I know he's played for some bands like sunset strip bands. I forget now. I'm sorry. But also a fellow named Jimmy DeGrasso, who would work into the story a little later here, as sure. Paul Stanley would say. Of Y&T. Yeah, Y&T. He, he had just, uh, they met because Jimmy, Jimmy also had played for Alice Cooper, but they toured together because Jimmy was Suicidal Tendencies drummer during the Countdown to Extinction tour, which they opened. So that's where they met. And I'm sure he made friends with Jimmy because he's probably like, I I need to make friends with all the drummers that I can meet and lead guitar players. Because <laughs> um, you never know. So this is decline one and decline two meet because Lee Ving from Fear All is right. the lead singer on the MD45 record, and Fear, his band Fear, is very prominent in the decline one. They have the best lines for sure. Like, hey, it's 1980. Who let all you long hairs in here? Uh, but yeah, Lee Ving, great antagonist. I love Fear. I think the first Fear record is is pretty untouchable, and the second one's pretty good too. More beer. But uh, yeah, he sings lead vocals on this. Dave, being a huge fan, obviously like asked him to do this. But the other factor about this album, and you know, it, it didn't do anything when it came out. It, it came out and it died, and no one, you know, because it says MD forty five. Like, who the fuck? What's that? Yeah, it wasn't very you know. well promoted. I knew about it through Guitar Magazine, I think. But the interesting thing about it is, this is the only positive in Dave revisiting his catalog back when he went and re-recorded everything because. He intended on reissuing out The Craving by MD45 because he's like, you know, no one really heard this when it came out, so it'll be nice. Maybe we'll get a different audience. He wound up singing all the parts all over again. So basically all the vocals that Leaving did originally, he sang for the reissue. The reason being is he claims not due to ego or anything, but because they literally lost the master tape of the album. And one part of the one half of the master tape featured leaving and Kelly Lemieux's performance on there because they did theirs in their own studio. And Dave Mustaine, Jimmy DeGrasso stuff was done in the studio that Dave was working in. So he only had his half of the master. I'm calling oh, bullshit. Shit. Yeah, I know, right? That's but it's a good it's a good it's a good story. Yeah, if we it's only a lot. lost the master tapes of the stuff I wasn't involved in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From the dust to which I came To dust I return again From my mother I am torn With my brothers off to war We escape before the dawn Trying to outrun the sun Take my own life in my hands Fearing God but never man Take my ancient hand Look me Son, you see as I, you are you. 
Right, so we are up to 1997, 1996 in my mind, but you were correct. It's 1997. So what came out in 1997, Joey, please? Uh, anybody fired? I got my scorecard. Not yet, but they will be mid-tour. Ooh. See? In my mind, I thought Risk was the same lineup, but I was wrong. Okay. No. Go ahead. Tell me about Cryptic Writings. Uh, Cryptic Writings was, I think, a really good sequel to the euthanasia aspect where they're still keeping that pop sensibility. I think they definitely went a little heavier on this one just because they probably scared some fans and they probably heard about it, I'm sure, at some point. And also the reason for firing Max Norm is that they claim that they weren't happy with the stuff he was doing with them, which I think is bizarre. But then they wind up getting this guy, Dan Huff, who's like this massive song doctor for like, you know, Nashville bands and country bands, basically. And the, he said in his book, he just let Dan kind of take over because Mustaine did not co-produce this album. Dan Huff produced the whole thing. So it's definitely a conscious effort to like, you know, we still want to try to get played on the radio, but try to maintain the mental credibility. I think they do a good job of riding, riding the wave, you know, the balance and everything. Cause there's heavy ass songs in here, like disintegrators, mm-hmm. she wolf, FFF, you know, and the radio songs, they played the shit out of these songs. I don't know if they did in your neck of the woods, but it's like Indeed. my local rock station over here. But they played those first Trust three songs on the record. Honest. Yeah, yeah. Even use the man got played a lot over here. I don't know. No, all three, all three are on the radio all the time. And the uh, I think the main reason he plays She Wolf live all the time is that that last two minutes was that awesome yeah. riff. Oh yeah, they just yeah. go to town. Almost on that. like yeah. the, almost I call it like the Hotel California Detroit Rock City thing. It's one of those songs that like it enhanced itself being performed live. I actually think I, I was at the first night of the of the tour for this because yeah, that was a good show. Monster Magnet opened up. They they actually closed Did with. Did they play um, uh, Bottle of Fur? <laughs> what? what was it's that? a random question about Monster Magnet. Uh, I meant oh, uh, oh, okay. maybe Stottergam. Did they play that? <laughs> I don't re- I don't recall. Oh my god, this guy. The, the but the weird thing about that show is the encore. It was like a two-song encore and uh they fuck. You know, I didn't see the first night of the store. <laughs> <Fuck>. Please <laughs> leave that part off. 
I didn't see the first part of this uh, tour. I saw it twice, though. I saw you know, it once in a theater. You know, Billy Hardaway cannot fact-check whether or not you were at the first time. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that, that's good. I saw, I saw the manifest. That motherfucker was not at the okay. goddamn first show. I was there, and I did not see him. My, uh, my, my, my concert brain got a little mixed up there, but I did see him twice on this tour, okay. once in a theater and then once in a shed, both headlining both times. Uh, on the in the shed show, the encore was really weird but interesting. They they played anarchy. Uh, no, they didn't play anarchy. They played mechanics. That is weird. Isn't mechanics the uh, this is like the MI evil thing? It's the four horsemen. Four it's horsemen, it's, yeah. it's oh, Dave's version of the four horsemen. Yeah, because okay, okay. he he even introed as like, there's two ways to play this song. There's their way, and then there's our way, the right way, and then they play it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Nick, Nick Manza got fired halfway through the tour, and he was replaced by Dramatic Pause, Jimmy DeGrasso. And he's who the, the drummer is on Risk? Uh, yes. Okay. okay, okay. I didn't know that he's another studio musician for him. We'll go into that second. But yeah, Cryptic Writings, I think, has the best um, songwriting of the, the three after Rust in Peace. This was an album that at first I was like, okay, and it really grew on me.
I love the first three songs. I like there's one that I forgot about that um, I actually listened to this for preparation for the show, but I really like this album. I think that of of these, um, yes, I'll say after, I don't consider Russ and Peace kind of this trip this part of this, but I consider like Risk, Cryptic, you know that 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 run it's of like those pop four. Of your metal. Yeah, of those euthanasia, euthanasia. Yeah. Yeah, of these four, this is my favorite. And Baco, do you like this album? Because you know, you said you didn't like Euthanasia. I, I kind of consider them sister albums. Do you do you like uh, Cryptic Writings? Absolutely love it. Um, nice. I, okay. I, yeah, I, 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 I only look at those as kind of the three run there. And, um, but yeah, I this would be uh, after. This is definitely better than Countdown and Euthanasia for me. Um, uh, there really isn't that many moments on here that I don't like or or hate or dislike, however you want to put it. But uh, well, with that, uh, I will say uh, I got to see them uh, on the Ozfest tour for this, and Jimmy DeGrasso had replaced Nick Menza. Now he wasn't officially fired initially, right? It was uh, uh, an, some kind of cancer and, and supposedly uh, uh, Mustaine, cancer Mustaine didn't believe he actually had cancer and then what fired a him. Story. <laughs> You're lying about cancer. You're fired. Just Cancer's like- not metal. Yeah, it was like some kind of knee thing, right? I mean, it was yeah, like, a, yeah, yeah. like a tumor in his knee. Yeah, yeah. I heard they used the air car policy and they cut him out of their insurance. Oh, too uh, soon. Yeah, still too soon. Yeah. Jesus. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> now, did you guys uh, all pick up the second uh, re-release of this where they changed the cover to the exact same thing, but it was black? Uh, and I don't think yeah. anything else was different. By the way, this yeah. this ranks as my uh, besides uh, uh, the world needs a hero. This is the worst. This is the lamest cover. I mean, I could have I could have had my my seven year old son say, you know, make make a cover for a Megadeth album, and he would have just scribbled with his markers. And there you go. I yes, like it. I like it. You do? Yeah, what about fine. you? Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not their, even, I'm not saying it's their best record, but there's, it's not, come on, not every album cover has to be like some dramatic, like real but, weird. But, but the, even, I, I immediately, the thing, I immediately the regretted the shirt purchase with the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> no dead babies that aren't that aren't even Asian. Give me, <laughs> give me the hanging, don't cry babies. Yes, <laughs> hanging, don't cry babies. Love it. That that last little scene. All it was missing is the axle uh, high tops, right? Yes. Throw those oh boy! But but no, like like cryptic writings. Even the the do you even understand it? Like when he's talking about use the song "Use the Man," when he's talking about cryptic writings, what does that even mean? Because that's part of like the bridge. I yeah, I, I don't know. It's like it's that is moment. The cryptic oh. writings his 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 holes in his arm. Because he's talking about <laughs> yeah. no seriously. Use the arm. Use use the man is about like talking about. It's about heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they sample needles and pens by the searchers at the beginning, by the way. There's another sample of an oldie right there. Mm-hmm. Twice. Twice that they did that. Was not last goodbye to say. 
this album too is very like at least the first half is very uh i guess personal yeah. is the best thing i could say about it versus the lyrics where it's not yelling about you know politics or you know yeah demons I get, or I get, I, get, I get the feeling that him and his old lady ran around each other a lot while he was being an asshole so uh i get the feeling they both cheated on each other so that's obviously what the song trust is about it sounds sure. It's, it's a little on the nose and sounds very personal. It doesn't sound like he wrote a general song about this. It sounds like he was writing from experience. Yeah, just, that's one I my, always want. That's one I always want to hear live too. Well, you also you 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 touched on it earlier, Joey. That uh, they they did kind of. Uh, this was the record where they kind of almost got the perfect balance between more of their their like radio friendly, for lack of a better term, and still sure. kind of having that thrash edge to it. 
All right, everybody. Well, so let's finish this episode with a high note, and that's risk. <laughs> Thanks, Lars. This is all Lars. This is all Lars's fault. My only note. Yeah. My only note on here is this is the Lars effect. When I heard when I heard the single Crush'em, I told myself I'm not going to buy this album. But I said I have all the Megadeth albums, so maybe this is just yeah. the one that sounds like a techno. Um, this was pre-purge, uh, uh, loose cannon. <laughs> we needed everything. Um, and and I heard this song and I said this sounds like and I know Joey you're a big wrestling fan right? Yes. Was this an intro song for a wrestler or not? Uh, for, for Bill Goldberg, yeah. They were you know this is a song for the Universal Soldier movie as well. Bill Goldberg is in that movie or the Universal Soldier sequel. Bill Goldberg's in that movie. He was wrestling for WCW at the time. They made a deal where you know they would use it for all this stuff. And also the reason they even wrote the song in the first place is that Dan Huff convinced dave mustaine that this is going to be your sports anthem you're going to live forever in the arenas if you write if you do this song listen to me i know what i'm talking about this is it done deal and it failed on all ends it did not become a sports anthem goldberg literally walked down the aisle to crush him once and then everybody forgot about it yeah i mean this this song is 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 much uh, of a wrestling's sport. not a sport <laughs> uh curling is not a sport Ooh. Wrestling is sports entertainment. Yeah, but but going with this, I mean, Crushem is just as much of a sports anthem as Play Ball is by ACDC. I mean, we were, <laughs> yes. we were talking about just yes. just fucking a failure. I heard this and I was like, first off, it is. I would have to say it's probably their their worst. I don't know, but it's it's definitely their worst single because there's nothing to the song, nothing, and it's nothing like what they've done before or after, and that's not the biggest atrocity on this album. Even maybe it is, maybe it is in context, but but I mean, everybody makes fun of the album cover, whatever. When he redid it, what did he do? Make a more metal metal looking rat? What did he do on the cover? Just <laughs> put a rat, and then the cat is pulled back on the photo and the trap. You know, it's because it was only a trap on the original cover, and that's it. And then oh, he the, had a rat. That's what he did. Yeah, he had, he had a rat and a cat for the reissue. rat album, except it wasn't up some, some chick's leg. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the cellar of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Mega pun. Bing. We should, have, we should have a little alert. Ding. But, uh, but yeah, this album, I'll tell you this much. This is, this is why I hate Risk. It's not because the songs are pop. It's not because it, 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 it's so glossed over um, with the production. It's because it's filled with shitty fucking songs. There's nothing yeah. about it. It starts with insomniom, Which is a worse song than what's the opening track on St. Anger by uh, Metallica? What's that one called? Vertigo or what's it called? Um, I think it's Baby Shit Brown. Tick, tick, tick. No, it's like tick, tock, <laughs> tick, tick, tick. It's the same awful thing. Insomnia is Baco. <laughs> it, it is so bad. There's nothing on this album with exception to one song that I don't even like the entire song, but Ooh. it's the cool buildup. And that is the um, Prince of Darkness, which he uses for audio intro to almost every concert he ever plays. And I like the first part of that song. That's it. Agreed. It sure as hell not Breadline. 
Fuck order. Breadline. Fuck all the songs on this. They're just shitty songs. It is amazing. They went from cryptic writing to their yeah. peak of the 90s writing to this. Makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, this is this is worse than any like like it should it should this should always go on like the worst albums of all time list. I even defended Generation Swine on a recent episode. <laughs> and and I can't I cannot defend this album at all. No. It is so fucking bad. Uh, you know, Dave said Dave said in his book he ran into the bathroom and threw up upon recording Crush Him. And I don't understand. This is a guy that has a history of firing producers. Why didn't he fire this guy? I mean, it, it, it's a mystery. Revisionist history. He thought it was great when he recorded it. I, I bet he did, too. I bet he did, too. He I'm claims now that. Anyway, Risk, big pile of shit. Is yeah. there any song? I mean, what a great way to go out an episode to end this, this decade. Oh, this. I can send you the dance remix of Breadline. Oh, actually, good God. It actually exists. I actually have it. There okay, we go. We're going to play a little bit, of, little bit of that, and then I'll, unless somebody else has a recommendation, I do think that, that uh, uh, Prince of Darkness it has at least a badass beginning. I don't know what else I can pick on this. That'd be my Three. pick. Okay. All right. Here's Prince of Darkness. Uh, we're going to do our sign-out now. Um, and, and there's nothing like going out on a dance version of Breadline leading into Prince of Darkness to keep your, your appetites, you know, keep you, keep you salivating for, for our final, our finale of Mega Dave, Mega Death. So you want to play us out, Baco? You want to do the outro? Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And it's risky.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 